Hello, everybody, and welcome back once again to the fastest growing TTRPG podcast that's sweeping several continents that we're a part of. <laughs> you just keep it saying these things, and I'm not 100% certain that they're accurate. <laughs> Neither's the listener, but hey, you know, they keep tuning in, so you know, oh. go with what works. Um, Fair yes, enough. welcome back in again. We are here with another special episode of our little segment we like to call Talking Class, where we discuss the one and only, the techno wizard, the arcane engineer, other names you can call him, the artificer. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the artificer. <laughs> what is the artificer? Okay, so first off, let's just, for the listeners out there, neither Shiv nor I have actually played the artificer, I don't think. So no, I've been in games with one, as I think yeah. you said you have as well. I so have, yeah. That's the, the most experience I've ever yeah. seen of one. I've never played one. Now, the artificer in the rule book is described as master of invention. They use ingenuity and magic to unlock extraordinary capabilities in objects. They see magic as a complex system waiting to be decoded and then harnessed in their spells and inventions. Now, basically, they're the magical equivalent of rocket scientists. Um, and basically weapons engineers. <laughs> That's the yeah. If you uh, take a look at, uh, let's say, ooh, Iron Man. If you had a magical Iron Man, that that would be an he would be an artificer. He would absolutely be an artificer because artificers aren't technically magical. Their spells are effects created by their ingenuity, by the items that they make. And when you build an artificer, you are encouraged to flavor it in such a way that your inventions make these effects happen. So rather than casting a firebolt, you're actually just, you know, you're, you've got a blowtorch or something that's spitting little superheated pellets out or something like that. Um, the, the best artificer I have ever played with was the product of K. Wintermains imagination her name was euphigenia and she was a, a pink-haired crackpot and nice. uh, <laughs> she used to cast the grease spell using what was essentially you know whoopee cushions yes it was basically a bit like a whoopee cushion on legs but filled with oil and it would go up and it would just and deflate and spur oil everywhere and that would be the grease spell this little contraption would run out and just basically splurge that's grease quite, everywhere. That's quite great. Yeah, very crazy. It was very, very, very funny. Um, his catapult spell was cast in, you know, quotation marks. Air quotes. Air, air quotes. quotes yeah. Air quotes was cast by a tiny mechanical crab with a spring embedded in its back, which used to go up to the object, burrow underneath it, and then poing and fire it. 
And that was his version of the catapult spell. Wow. Um, so the catapult crab was a thing. <laughs> um, there, there was all these little little inventions like that that he would use to cast the spells in, instead of I cast catapult. Nope, I release the catapult crab. Or I release the grease bag <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And that was how... That was how he flavoured that. So they weren't spells. They were the equivalent of magical effects delivered by a feat of engineering. And that was that was fabulous. That was so clever. That was just that was so funny as well when he first described all of these little things that you could just pull out of his pocket like a fucking rubber chicken or something like that, a squeaky duck. Just don't hurt. Oh, no, not that. <laughs> so, was it specific? I'm pretty sure they came with the Eberron setting. Yes. Um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, Artificers first came in the Eberron setting. It, <laughs> Eberron's crazy. I love Eberron. It's, it's brilliant, but it's also mad. And, um, yeah, it was very... When we used it, we used it in Forgotten Realms. So we used it in Faron, and they didn't technically exist in Faron at the time. Uh, they hadn't been canonized into Faron at the time. So we were just sort of like, oh, we'll play around with it and see what happens. Um, but the closest place in Faron would be the Island of Lantern, which okay. you know, lots of lots of wizarding types come from lantern but they make things as well they make crazy things um tinker gnomes also you know make a lot yeah, i see of a lot of yeah. i see a lot of characters that are gnome artists i think that's the go-to hence like very sort of like the goblin robe the, the sort of at heart the wood elf range those sort of types yeah like the gnome is associated to the archivist yeah gnomes are kind of well placed to become gnomes be- uh, become gnomes of course they are they're gnomes already um, gnomes, so, gnomes are ready to become gnomes. they really are aren't they well done gnomes you've you've succeeded at life um gnome. <laughs> talking gnomes <laughs> talking gnomes well done um no they're well placed to become artificers because they they have this tinkering ability and tinkering feet. Now most a lot of that is now legacy. So uh, I believe it was the rock gnome that had Tinker yep. as a as a feat and Artificer's Law. They had it. I think so, so yeah. As a rock That's gnome familiar. you were kind of set up with that. As a forest gnome, you are more into illusions, and um, deep gnomes were more sort of stone camouflage and stuff. But gnomes have, or gnomes had, I should say, as a base advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws. Right against magic, which you know immediately puts them in a good position to be. Artificers. Now, the recent update, I think they still have that advantage. But I'm not sure that the 
sub-race things are still the same. I think I think they've sort of moved away from some Turned of it. Turned away from that. Because right. uh, if you look on if you look on D&D Beyond, some of it says legacy and some of it doesn't. It's a little bit unclear, but they, some of them, some of it has changed a little bit. But gnomes are still best place because they have this natural delight for invention and exploration and creating things. Um, generally right. speaking, in law, gnomes tend to be great creators, like musicians and artists and things like that. So, of course, they're going to be good inventors as well. And if you play uh, I Spy a Peak, I'm pretty certain there's an enclave, oh, yes, yes. I'm pretty certain there's an enclave of gnomes in that, and they're all nutty inventors as well. It's the same with if you play any of the Taldore stuff. There's a whole, I think it's Hupperdoop, is all just oh, gnome. yeah. Artificers and all that sort of stuff. That's such a great well. name, especially when Jester yeah. says it like Hapardook. Like a, exactly. It's so great. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just gnomes. like this whole community of gnomish tinkerers and stuff. That's it's like cool. this racial, it's like a racial trope for gnomes, really, isn't it? To be artificers, well, yeah. to be creators. I mean, okay. Yeah. You know what? I dig it. If there are worse tropes there could be. But, I mean, to be fair, what else are gnomes good for? <laughs> that's just mean. Gnomes are great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, gnome ranger, I suppose. Gnome, gnome rogue, I suppose. Gnome, you know what? A gnome wizard. Because they oh. are, because they have uh, advantage on all of those saves and prof- proficiency in them as well. That is true. And then I just thought of if you've ever seen, oh, what was he called? In the old, you might not know this, but I do. I have this stupid roller decks of stupidity of knowledge. In the old um, He-Man Masters of the Universe film from yeah. the 1980s, there was a little yeah. wizard. Yeah. You know it? I yeah. know. Yes. Am I the only one that ever saw this film? Was it a No, it's great. No, it's great. What are you talking about? It's amazing. Yeah, it's um, so shit, I'm trying to find his name. It's yeah, um, it's, it's not the best. I mean, top marks for Frank Langella Skeletor, but that's just <laughs> that's just it. Evil Lynn. Um Yeah, <laughs> the only film that woman, woman. Sorry, this is a sidebar. You're listening. <laughs> the only thing that that woman has ever been good in was yeah. that film. Every other yeah. film she's been in, she is the most robotic. Act. Hilarious. <laughs> But so, anyway, yeah, um, where back, is it? Hang so, on, I will find this. Keep talking. I will find uh, this character. Uh, it... So, yes, back to the artificer. Though gnomes are well placed to be artificers. Uh, any of the races, if you still use legacy content, and you know that some of the races give you bonuses to certain uh, stats, anything that has a bonus to in one of their proficiencies is in intelligence the second one being constitution because artificers also make great tanks not just like magic wielders but great tanks as well so they are so their core skill is it was it intelligence you said so their core proficiencies are the core proficiencies are in intelligence and constitution for saving throws gotcha um so they are sturdy and smart 
and they get proficiency with light armor, medium armor, and shields from the off, as well as proficiency in simple weapons. Plus, they get thieves' tools, tinkers' tools, and one type of artisan's tools of their choice. So three tools from the off. Plus two skills from uh, a list here, which is arcana, history, investigation, medicine, nature, perception, and sleight of hand. And that character's name is Wildor. The listeners out there, <laughs> there was Wildor. Wildor. There you go. <laughs> Uh, the dice is a D8 as well. So they're sort of middle of the road. They're not like barbarian level uh, or fighter, sort of the D10, D12, but they're quite robust. They're robust enough that they can, you know, take a punch. Not like. I mean, can you imagine if an artifice of the D12 hit dice? You'd be like, beefy. That's a beefy. Beef. <laughs> this is like, woof, just macho. Yeah. Um, and then to round them off, now this is an optional rule. The secrets of gunpowder. That's that dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. <laughs> um, but they start their starting equipment, two simple weapons of your choice, crossbow, light, uh, with twenty bolts, studded leather or scale mail. And then these tools and do you want a sneaky art do you want a sneaky artificer or do you want a clunky artificer? Yeah. On what you so, want, really. It depends what what kind of artificer you're going for. So that's that's your basic starting of uh, of an artificer. Now, if you look at that, it's very focused on sort of tools, simple weapons. Um, you get a good good set of armor, and you can get scale mail out of it from the off, which is handy. Scale mail is pretty good. Yeah. And at first level. Magical tinkering, so that gives you access to spells. Now, let's have a look. They mostly use the wizard. They mostly use wizard spells, I believe. And there's a couple of non-wizard spells in there, but mostly wizard spells. There's there's some healing spells. If I take a quick look at the artificer spell list, if it all... Load yeah, because... I think a lot of it is very sort of wizardy based. I think. Yeah, you've got you've got quite a few that are sort of wizardy. Uh, that's a wizardy. That's a wizardy. That's wizardy. But you also have some healing spells as well, which not so wizardy. So you know, cure wounds. Um, not a wizard spell. Um, some disguise type spells. So there's a couple of things on here that seem that are like ranger spells. So the freedom of movement, for example, is not a wizard spell, but it's available to bards, clerics, druids, rangers, as well as artificers. Right. So that's not wizardly, but most of them seem to fall into a, sort of a wizard type of spell. You then get access to things good. like. Well, you'd kind of expect it, mainly because it's an intelligence-based class, so it makes sense that they would use very similar spells to wizards. But that flexibility to add other things in there, such as freedom of movement and cure wounds, is really handy. It gives them a bit more versatility than a standard 
wizard, I would think. Um, now, if I go back to the activity page, yeah. So there was if you watched you you watched Critical Role series two <laughs> campaign two. So, if you remember the character Pumat Sol, yes, I know he um, technically he wasn't an artificer, but was he? Um. Because he was like an enchanter. He made magical items and he could repair stuff and da 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 But I always thought to myself, wasn't he an artificer in some form? Technically. Technically. If you were going to go for like... He was a wizard. He was an enchantment wizard. Um, But no, he could totally have gone... Artificer, if artificer, yeah, it, he would he would have made a good artificer, but no, he was um, school of enchantment wizard, um, if I remember that correctly. Critical Role fans can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was a an enchantment wizard. But um, no, I think that he could also have been an artificer. That's what made me wonder if, no. if potentially he, he kind of was like he, a loosely he, based. He wasn't, but he could have been. Um, but it's that kind of thing. They, the artificer has the ability to make things, to create things that are helpful. And these are these are called infusions. These infusions can be different things depending on the situation. Um, each infusion remains in an item indefinitely as long as you're alive. But you can only infuse a certain number of items at a time. Um, and right. I think the amount that you can do goes up to a maximum of it's a maximum of six. You start with two. But it goes up to six by the time you get to twentieth level. Now, most parties are like five people average. The five-man band is a typical party size. So, if you have an artificer in your party, each person by the time you get to well, once you get to fourteenth level, you could have everybody in the party could have an infused item. Um, if the artificer only infused items for not them, then you'd be doing that at about 10th level. That being said, the artificer does get some pretty cool stuff just for themselves anyway. And this is where you get to the subclasses. So your artificer subclasses are the alchemist, the armourer, the artillerist and the battlesmith. Now, most of those are exactly what they sound like. Your alchemist is an alchemist. They make potions and poisons and stuff like that. Your armourer specialises in making armour and shields. They, in fact, create for themselves what is essentially an Iron Man suit. Pretty good. Ar- I like that one. <laughs> the artillerist creates an eldritch cannon. And that's the, it kind of follows you around. It follows it's you around. One. It just, basically, yep. they set it up wherever they needed it, which is quite cool in yep. a sort of area effect type of thing. 
Yep, it's really cool. Uh, it comes in three different types, a flamethrower, a force ballista, or a protector. So you can have a defensive one in the protector. You can have a close range cannon, so the flamethrower, or you can have a long range ballista, which has a, a range of 120 feet. And it does, in your face, equal to 2d8. <laughs> wow, that's actually... So bang, in your face, to force damage. <laughs> um, and then the final one is the battlesmith. Now, this was what Euphigenia was. Euphigenia was a battlesmith. And you create for yourself a steel defender, which is basically a construct companion. It's like a, it's like a metal dog. Well... Euphigenia's steel con, uh, steel defender was in fact a metal dog, and his name was Best Boy. Oh, that's quite sweet. <laughs> um, and it is a friend to you and your companions, and it it obeys your commands. Um, and it has its own stat block. Additionally, it has its own sort of healing system as well so regular healing doesn't work on a steel defender uh so healing magic nope you can use it with you can use a men's spell on it but uh it has a self-repair in it which you can use three times per day to heal 2d8 plus proficiency bonus i think of its health That's right that sounds about it. right or to one construct or object within five feet of it so it's not just limited to itself it can repair other things as well. So walls, doors, um, scaffolding, uh, shields, armor, other other constructs. You know, if you've yeah. got a, if you've got a warforged, yay! <laughs> There's many words on it. Um, but uh, yeah, the, of those, the ones that I've seen played are the battlesmith. And the artillerist, and they are so much fun. Having having basically this giant mastiff that could bite and you know attack and do things like that 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 was that was awesome. And plus, the steel defender can't be surprised, so it was never you know surprise rounds didn't work on it. And then the artillerist, the one that I saw, she had the force ballista, and it was meaty. At third level, it was so meaty. It just splat. There, that guy's dead. (laughs) You know? Wow. I was like, whoa, that's ridiculous. And it, it was so much fun as well because you get to describe how they appear. And, um, I believe, like I said, the Steel Defender was basically a big metal mastiff with glowing eyes. Um, But the Force Ballista was basically a small round sphere that floated around and then would just open out with this cannon inside. And it was really, it wasn't quite cool. it, It wasn't like huge or anything like that. It was really. You know, just just benign seem it just 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 this mm. ball, the size of a beach ball. And this or is something. all it does, and yeah. it floated around and it looked really innocent. And then suddenly, 
it's firing a cannon in your face. Yeah. It's got an AC of 18. <laughs> you know, it's not going to... Yeah. What else are you going to do with that? <laughs> and even if it gets damaged, you just rebuild it uh, over a long rest, you know? It, it comes back. It's not like... Yeah. You don't have to... You don't have to do like with a wizard's familiar. You have to recast find familiar to bring them back, and that costs um, like incense and things like that. You have to have that to make it work and cast that ritual. You have to take time out and do the ritual to do it. This thing you can just rebuild over a long rest. You don't have to specifically, you know, make time for it. You can just do it. Right, and, it, and that's pretty handy. But each each of the subclasses also gets their own little additional spells in their spell list as well. So, handy. I mean, it's pretty cool. There's some good stuff that it can do. I'll say that. um, Again, for those listeners out there, if you enjoy the Critical Rills, um, Campaign 1, if you've ever seen Campaign 1, Tarry and Darrington. Mm. Sam Regal's second character was yeah. an artificer, an alchemist yes. artificer, which was quite funny. Um, and that was probably the first time I'd ever seen that. I was like, what is this class? What the hell is he? Which was, again, quite cool. Yeah. Now, I, when I first saw that, I was a little bit like, what the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell well, is this? Yeah. What's going on? I I didn't understand. I was so confused. Like what? What? Huh? Huh? Well, that's <laughs> that's how I felt. I was like, "What is he supposed to be? Is he like a? Is he kind of like a a wizard? Is he? Um, because he was just like creating magic items and yeah, doing all this sort of stuff. And it's been so, like, what, what's he supposed to be? <laughs> so yeah, I was actually very confused because I actually didn't see the end of campaign one i only saw up to about halfway through and i i didn't well not even halfway through i don't think i didn't meet tarion i i hadn't got up to the bit where scanlan vacated his seat um right so when i first saw it it was in the adventures of the darrington brigade a very funny one shot. Yeah, yeah. two shot one shot. Al Bearman. And I thought he was a. When I first saw that, I was like, huh? I was really confused. And I was like. And in that, he was a battlesmith, not an alchemist. Oh, they changed it up. Maybe they. Maybe. Yeah. I think. I'm going to say, I'm not sure this is 100% correct. But wasn't like the alchemist the very first of the artifices that was out? And the rest came along afterwards once they developed it a little bit. The battlesmith... It was like an unearthed arcana thing. Or was it I... vice versa? No, I don't remember the alchemist very much. I remember the battlesmith because that was definitely one of the first ones. I thought that I'm pretty sure the armorer was added later. Because when it first right. came out, there was one that had some like a thunder cannon type thing i think it was called a cannonist or something like this like yeah something like that or from big, beer or something massive like. like big i i recall that because that's what yuffie originally was 
um, when my husband made her, um, she was originally that. Um, nice. And she had this massive like handheld cannon called the Thundermonger, and whenever she fired it, she'd get blown backwards onto her ass because um, <laughs> it was bigger than her <laughs> kind of thing. Um, so I honestly thought that he was a battlesmith all the way through because he had um, – Oh shit! What's it called? Um, I've forgotten what it was called. The um, he had the robot with him. Um, oh, Dotty. Dotty, yeah. Dotty, yeah. Yeah. Dotty, take a note. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I thought it was. A, I think is that supposed to be his like monk, his servant? It might be. It, it might be his homunculus servant, but I thought that was his. Or is. But, what was it? Uh, what was the other one? What did you say? It was the. There's a steel defender. Uh, steel there's defender. A homunculus, yeah. a mechanical homunculus servant. I, I think, think he, he probably... only ever got into combat one Doty, and it wasn't yeah. great. I think he got smashed quite badly, quite quickly. Yeah, I think that. See, when I first saw it, obviously, like I said, he was a battlesmith, so I just assumed, like seeing the fan art with Doty, I was like, oh, that must be. He must have like done that with, you know, his his still defender you know that's cool but i wasn't sure uh, uh <laughs> no idea but um yeah that is something that you could have as your still defender that that would that would be quite fun actually i think that would be fun to have that but um yeah the right so the artificer sounds like a very fun character to play. Now, as I said at the beginning, I have never played one. What's your reason for never playing one so far? Um, to be honest, it's not it's not really a class that jumps out at me. Really, I think it just seems like a jazz that wizard. That's you know the jazz wizard. That's all. Jazz I wizard, the techno wizard. Yeah. Techno wizard. Um, I still think that sounds like a DJ in a club, like the techno yeah, wizard techno on the wizard, decks. And like, yeah, um, <laughs> on the wheels of steel. Um, yeah, that's that's how I feel. It just it's like yeah, you're kind of like an arcane tinkerer. Um, yeah, it's one of those sort of meh, a bit like sorcerer. Bit meh. <laughs> bit meh. Okay, yeah, so it doesn't really jump out. I mean, I'd probably have to like play one, think about like the. The, what I want, how I want to play it, and then I might be a bit more invested in it. So it might be something like down the line in a one shot, two shot, whatever. I go, I'll give it a go, and then see how we go from there. But it's not something; it's not my first choice. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, as I've told you before, I think I have played every single class available except the artificer. I've right. Played every single class multiple times except the artificer. And the only reason that I haven't played the Artificer is because I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Because I get what you mean. I love the concept of it. I love the the references that sort of crop up in it. You know, like literally the armorer is Iron Man kind of thing. I love that. I think it's that's great. I would absolutely love to play as Iron Man. That'd be or awesome. rescue or rescue, you know, either of those would be fine. Um uh, Ironheart, War Machine, Ironheart, yeah. you know, yeah. any of them. But the thing is, 
the games I've been in, the players have been so good at their artifices, so, so fun, and they've made it so fun to play with them. I kind of don't want to be one because I'm scared that I'll ruin that. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I know don't, what you mean. I don't want to go in there and then be. Nah, I sucked at artificer. I wasn't a good artificer. I, I don't. I don't want to do that. I, would, I don't want to go in and play it and be disappointed in how it how it plays and how it rolls and how it feels. And that's kind of sad. That's really sad for me because I I I want to try it all. I want to try all of the things. Completionist, play all the yeah, things. Why not? But I'm so worried that I'm going to be disappointed, like kind of like I was with a lot of the sorcerer stuff. I go back and I'll play a sorcerer every now and then just to see if it's, you know, has it gotten any better? Some of the new subclasses, I'll tinker with them, have a look. It's never, you know, major disappointment with the um, aberrant mind subclass, you know, that that should have been perfect, but wasn't. Stinky, that one. Bit stinky. Oh, should have been perfect, but just so wasn't. But yeah, I, I just I look at this and I'm like, I don't want to ruin the vision I have of you. I don't want to ruin this memory I have of Euphigenia and of Brody the uh, the other the artillerist. I don't want to ruin this this thing that i have in my head of them and it's like ah, uh, maybe i'm just being a bit of a pansy but you know just just well out. I mean, but sometimes it's it's like that where you otherwise you'd probably like i don't want to play that class because i don't want to do this into sometimes you've got to put your own spin on it and just give it your own sort of bit of fun yeah i think and, and give your best shot i think maybe i kind of need to I think I just need to find the right setting for it as well, because it doesn't yeah. it doesn't quite feel right in Farron because Farron has never had that kind of thing. It's only very like much later that it's really become a thing in Farron. Eberron would be a perfect campaign to run an artificer in. Yeah. I'm not sure about Wild Amount. I don't know that I would in Wild Amount. I think that I would be a little bit like hesitant there because while there is enchantment and you know magical stuff, magical objects, they have this enchantment wizard spin to them. There's you know it. Yeah. The one that I thought was an artificer when I first started watching it. Now, bearing in mind, I was playing catch-up at the time. When I first started watching it, I actually thought that Percy was an artificer. I didn't realise. I didn't realise at first that he wasn't an artificer. He was, in fact, a gunslinger, which is a fighter subclass. Which, which, if you know your Pathfinder, was a Pathfinder class, I think it was, or a subclass of a fighter? It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so... I think that's because obviously they switch. If you don't know, now you'll know. Yeah. Um, that they switch from Pathfinder to D and D when they went to the show because D and D was more popular, less crunchy. Yada yada. Yeah. yada. 
Um, and obviously they had to then rejig all their characters. Hence yeah. why I said, is that why Vex had a bear? Because there wasn't like a ranger with a bear companion or an animal companion. But in the Pathfinder version, you could. I think so. I mean, there is something like that. There is Beastmaster. Um, yeah. Well, there has been Beastmaster for quite some time. I remembered when I played Lost Minds of Fandelva, I had a, I had a wolf companion. Um, with my ranger. Um, I right. suppose you could have a bear companion, but it may be that it worked differently. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But when I like I said, I was playing catch up when I first watched the first season. So I was convinced that Percy was an artificer. And I was like, well, that's how he was played. He was a tinkerer and he was a, yeah. making magical stuff. And, and when I found so, out, yeah. when I found out was a fighter, I was like, huh, that doesn't make sense. Mm. Now, this... looking back, I think if they had to redo it again, I think he would be an artificer. I think he would be if that class existed. I think it would yeah. have been, you could have put the gunslinger under the artificer. Yeah, I think so. Because you, you're always tinkering, because he's always having to fix his gun, or even, like, it would jam and he'd have to spend an action to Because if you look at the gunslinger class, it's very technical of what you can do, or have to do if there's jams and things like that. So yes. it doesn't make sense that it's a fighter class. It's more like, no. like you would say, an intelligence-based subclass of an artificer to be able to do like making tinkering checks and things like that yeah it so th- yeah that's why i was so one. confused because i was like why is this not an artificer because it just made sense and obviously artificers have you know proficiency with firearms if they're available in your games they might not be available in your games please do not quote me on that because your dm might say they don't exist um <laughs> if <laughs> If firearms are available in your games, artificers tend to be proficient with them. Um, but it's like, why? I, I didn't understand at the time. I was convinced he was an artificer. And, and then I looked at the gunslinger subclass. I was like, wait, this is a fighter. This is basically like a mechanized arcane archer thing. Exactly what I thought it was. It was like, this is this because before, again, not knowing what I know now, being a um, novice of the D&D world, I was like, this has got to be some sort of weird fighter-ranger combo because yeah. he's ranged, he's, he's got so many attacks. I was like, there's no way he's just an out-and-out fighter. There's got to be something more to this than obviously Later on, you're like, oh, he's a gunsmith and you know, gunslinger or whatever the hell. It is. Again, even then, gunsmith, why don't you just make a, that's a subclass on after a gunsmith? Yeah. There you go. Because that uh, makes more sense than a fighter that tinkers with guns. That's a bit like, what? Yeah, I think back then, though, it, I don't think the Artificer existed when they were first recording. I think it came out soon soon after. It was out in uh, Unearthed Arcana. When did they start? Was that like I can't 2010, 11? You're, like you're asking me to remember things. <laughs> well, they've been doing it about eight years, so... Yeah. Long time. They've been doing it quite a while. Each campaign's about two to three years, I think. Yeah. And they're in campaign three, and they have a bit of a break. So maybe eight. Oh, 2015 years. when it first started. 2015. Yeah. So eight years ish. Yeah. So 2015 was when the first when it came out. So the artificer, I think you're right, wasn't. I don't think it. I, I, 
think it was just after that. Because I remember the Unearthed Arcana. Yeah, I remember yeah. the Unearthed Arcana. So was, their last episode was in twenty mid-2017. So this came out after that. So that's why it was never it was never kind of thought of. So it, yeah, yeah, it must have been in Unearth it must have been in the Unearthed Arcana then when they were doing uh, still Tarian trying stuff. to figure things out. Yeah, yeah. maybe that's why he was uh, an alchemist. Because yeah. It's That makes sense. Yeah. Especially mm. Yeah, that does make sense. But it, you know, by that point they've already had the gunslinger subclass going for ages. It would have been a bit of a shame to just, you know, throw all of Talison's choices up in the air, you know, just kind yeah. of Yeah. So I like guess I, I think it, it would have been an artificer if they if that was around. I think if it had been it available he would have been an artificer, but um he wasn't. But he should have been. <laughs> um, it makes you know, sense yeah, it does. But you know what? I I want to play an artificer. But like I said, I'm so scared that I'm going to mess it up. Because it it's not complicated. It's not. It's not like. It's Looking not at like one here. Oh. I've just created. Um, it's it's just a wizard. It's just like yeah. a wizard with some magical items and extra bits you can do. That's kind of it. Yeah. You know, not much really different than if you looked at a wizard spell sheet and oh, I can you know spell stuff and there's little features I can do and things. But it, it's not all. It's not that difficult by the look of it. No. So if you're able, now some people aren't able to do this. If you're able to balance the complexities of a wizard because obviously you've got the whole learning spells thing with a wizard then this should be easy because it's straight out you know you pick it you know it you don't learn spells you don't have to you know do anything like that you don't necessarily prepare them you just have them and basically you are more robust you know fewer spells and fewer cantrips, so you don't know as much magic, but you're more robust. So you can take more of a punch as an artificer. Additionally, yeah. your proficiencies include simple weapons and then light armor, medium armor, and shields and things. So you can hold up better in those early fights. You can wear your armor, you can wear a shield, you can smack people with a sword or a mace or whatever. Whereas wizards are sort of more limited, they can't wear armor. No. You know? I just think a wizard should be allowed to wear at least some sort of leather armor. Um, well, there are feats for that. There are feats for that, but you know it's a light armored master, or light armored wizard, whichever one it is. To be fair, I is it one, actually that one um, light armor master, I think. But there's um, to be fair, I've put into my game objects that would essentially allow wizards to cast mage armor for free every day. <laughs> so, well, because I feel because I feel bad for them. Just, oh, here you go, have an amulet of mage armor. There you go. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it's all yours. It only works. It only works once, so don't die. But um, you know, <laughs> if you if you die, you can't cast it again. It only works once a day. But you, you know what I mean, though. So as an artificer, you you're more robust to start with. You've got more hit points. Um, to start off with, you've got a better option of weapons and armor to wear. At second level, you get your infusions, which is great. And then at third level, you get your subclass, and that's where it really comes alive. That's where everything sort of falls into place, and, and you start getting all the fun shit. Um, and it, it goes up pretty quickly. You, your use, Your utility is, in many ways, significantly better than a bog right. standard wizard. May, the... The exception to that might be the enchantment wizard because the enchantment wizard can create enchanted objects. But as as a sort of a, a, a round, punchy magic user, it's definitely up there with the Eldritch Knight. It's definitely pretty good. The, the utility of it is better than the Eldritch Knight. Right. The survivability of it is better than a bog standard wizard. That's good. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And the and thematically, it's a little less reliant on religion and prayers and the that kind of thing than a cleric or a paladin. So it, mm. it's actually closer to a cleric or paladin, I think. Well, I was you, just reading something there that basically technically classifies that as a two thirds class caster, yes, much is, like yeah. a cleric. Yeah. Yeah. So you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. It's also tankier. You can you can build it in multiple different ways. So you can build them as, as stealth. You can build them as a healer. You can build them for utility. Or you can build them as an outright tank. By the, by the end of Tomb of Annihilation, smashing everything. We had a fighter and a paladin in our team. And Yuffie was the tankiest of them. She had... Like a twenty-two armor class, wow, and a ridiculous number of hit points. And she had the steel defender. She had like four attacks. It was crazy. It was absolutely batshit, but it was great. It was great fun. Wow! And it was nice cool. to sort of stand behind and go, more. "Okay, yeah, we'll we'll just we'll just let the halfling go ahead." You know, the halfling can go first. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, oh, you, oh it's all yours. You, you take it. And you take like, it, yeah, it's fine. Thank you, yeah. bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah. No, it was good fun. I, It's definitely been a very fun class to play in a group with. And I should, Yeah, if it's done the right way. Yeah. yeah, and I should give it a go one day. I really should. Um, But I'm still hesitant, still reticent because of my own stupid basically <laughs> no I, I think it, it's a good one to try and at least break into and just figure out and be like what can, what's my limit with this how creative can i be with this and go from there and make it your own because i think that's the only way to do it but yeah that, definitely I think, um yeah is there anything else you would like to add to the um, artificial I, think I don't think so. Covered it. I think we've yeah. pretty much, you know, gone the full length of what the artifice is all about, and you know things like that. I mean, 
there's some pretty fun, if you look on BMP Beyond, there's some pretty fun subclass and homebrew classes, subclasses that you can have with it that add different things. There's one here that I just managed to find called, it was the uh, Alchemical Bombardier. Oh, no. <laughs> you basically get to pick um, some stuff that, that it gets to do from like his magical um, arcane satchel. And so you can create alchemical fire. Oh no! You can, you can you got a tanglefoot bag. You've got something called a thunderstone, which I assume <gasps> you throw and it creates basically like a thunder wave yeah. in the stone. Yeah. Um, you can create like a healing potion. Um, uh, what's it? A a swift spell draft. It's called a swift step. Sorry. So you, you drink step. it, and as a bonus action, you can move further yeah. in your movement. And yeah, you can have a some, you can create alchemical acid. Oh no, that which, sounds that sounds uh, mad. Yes, yeah, it is pretty cool. And just creating a random character on it, I can do this. Is I create level fifteen artificer, so he has a um, using alchemical fire. It's five d six plus four. Ouch. So he can you throw alchemical fire, and it because he's at that level. That alchemical fire on a failed on a successful save is half the damage, and alchemical acid using that's eight d six plus four. So he's doing some pretty cool damage. Ouch! With all the magical items that he's got, he's like a walking magic shop. Because like, you get one, two, three, four, one, two, three, five infusion you can create. He's basically, he's throwing napalm at people. Yep. <laughs> yep. Napalm, like take that. He is, yeah, yeah. He's throwing Greek fire. That's not. Yeah. That's mean. That's really that's nasty. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And um, yeah, the magical items I created, what I infused, were a belt of hill giant strength, a cloak of protection, a headband of intellect, a ring of protection, and a brooch of shielding. So he's an AC. He's walking around with an AC of twenty. With 108 hit points, defense resistance against acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, poison, and thunder damage, immunity to poison, and because of all these, most of these are magic light, he has advantages to main concentration on a spell and has plus one in, plus two in saves essentially. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> so he sounds like a meaty, crafty little bastard, really. Well, he's a he's a furball. Be... He's a furball artificer. On his team, not yes, not on the other side. Um, yeah, goodness yeah. gracious! No, so, I mean, just tinkering there as we were talking, I was like, the spell list again, like you said, uh, from looking at it, is something left to be desired. It's not you don't get many options spell wise. It's the bog standard. It's very semi wizardy, but yeah, it's. I mean, if anything, he's just going to wade into stuff. Throwing start, Greek start fire, swinging. start swinging yeah. and, and throw in the Greek fire, just like womp. Yeah, there you go, mace exactly. to the face, have some fire. Uh, yeah, enjoy, smash, smash, mace to the face. Uh, that has that's yeah. <laughs> double meaning, isn't mace the name of that spray stuff as well? But... Yeah, that's the like the, the weird sort of peppery type spray, isn't it? So, I've got my mace to, to the face, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not... the same as like axe to the face. That's when you get sprayed with links. Deodorant. And 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Africa. Here's my axe to the face. I have a fl- flaming mace. There you go. That's um, it. There you go. Yeah, that's it. On that note, I think we'll end the episode. <laughs> there. Um, thank you for joining us for this episode. Next week will be a special episode. It'll be episode fifty of the Two Tables in a Trench Guide, where we will be doing a live episode. We'll be taking yes. over the Amsterdam Twitch channel, where we will do our homebrew habit camp. Um, Campaign one wrap up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's going to be fun, so, guys. So yeah, catch us yeah. on Thursday at seven thirty GMT over on. Is it ampersand D twenty or is it D twenty ampersand? I keep Am- getting it the ampersand D twenty. I keep getting it the wrong way around. I get very yeah. confused. The ampersand uh, twenty <laughs> for the <laughs> for the two key at takeover, and um, if you can't watch that, then podcast will be up on the saturday after anyway so you, it you can it'll be a bit of a long yeah. one though so uh, so make sure you settle yeah. down and get yourself get yourself a and if yeah glass of wine yeah. or if something. you have any exactly enjoy sit back and, and if you have any questions then reach out to us on our socials um or drop into the chat the live chat and anything you want to know about the campaign one the craziness, the absurd, the chaotic, come along and ask. And we shall do our best to endeavour to answer. Yes, indeed. As always, you can find us all over Tinterwebs. Find us on Zitter, on Mastodon, on the Tumblr, on our own website. And you can find our podcasts wherever you get your regular podcast juice, I suppose. Um just go yeah. searching Google Two Key App Podcast or Two Kobolds in a Trench Coat, and either of those should bring our bits and pieces up for you. Exactly. So enjoy your games out there. Playing any games? Tell us all about them, and we'll see you next week. Take care. Stay safe. Bye bye.